Welcome to the Butt Slut Hour. I'm just kidding. That's not that kind of podcast, man. Uh, just, it's uh, welcome to the Ain't Shit Show. I'm super excited for today's guest, uh, Me Chris too, Wade man. from Chapo. From Chapo. Hello. Yeah. What's up, everybody? I Hi. legitimately want to. How are you? Say this is this podcast is hilarious. When like you probably didn't listen. No one does. You shouldn't. But ultimately, I, don't think I was sent a link uh, to this. <laughs> the, it's, at some point i feel like uh um, we've been going back and forth I about had this done for a, a while i had done a six minute voice modulation bit on one of the previous episodes where i did like a a morgan freeman voice <laughs> modulator um that was like an npr host um where y- y- we legally can't say what the n stands for <laughs> um and so that, that went pretty well it's, but uh <laughs> we, most of the time yeah you should not listen to this show. yeah it's a <laughs> the point of the, but it's very funny to know that like almost, I want to say three years ago, this podcast is old. It's like three years. We're at a hundred episodes. Oh um, yes. But we. Oh fuck yeah. We're at like one time now. Yeah. This, this podcast started out as like a Chapo. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to be Chapo for real. Like I heard your guys' podcast and I thought I can do this. And then I, three things happened. One of them was that I realized I don't have any expertise in any field whatsoever. Uh, This was before my time, by the way. I came in around episode 60. Yeah. (laughs) My politics are essentially free my homies, and that's about it. There's not much more to it than that. Uh, And finally, the only thing that I'm, like, qualified to do is talk shit. So I was like, okay, I got one of them. I got one of the three. (laughs) I can can do something here. So that's what I've been doing. And it's the show is so much funnier understanding that this is well, I tried to be Chapo. <laughs> it's a Chapo Yeah, club. We're not that anymore by a long shot. I th- I don't think this was even that when I came on the show and agreed to like produce and shit like that. But uh now now it's just the homies hanging out. <laughs> My major podcast evangelical point is that all of podcasting is really in the end about having fun with your friends. And so exactly. if you're having fun with your friends on the pod, if you're having fun with your friends making the pod, then you're doing good podcasting. So yeah. exactly. then you, I if tried, you're doing that, then you're killing it. I tried at one point to make this podcast a pro-crime, true crime podcast <laughs> where we were like, here's, here's what they did and here's why they didn't get away with it. And next time... Maybe they will, right? Like that was that was the goal, <laughs> but that that didn't last very long because there's lots of crimes that apparently I I realized that I don't agree with, which is kind of messed up to find <laughs> out. Well, that right? is interesting. Have there ever been? Uh, is there ever been a true crime podcast that has been, um, you know, s- focused on yeah analyzing like bank robberies where they got away with it? You know, DB Cooper. That's the ultimate one. Yeah. If DB Cooper rules, if he if he actually got He's away from there. it, if he successfully pulled the chute, landed and you know concealed his identity and got away with the money then that is the model of the crime that you would want to um you know cover on the pro crime podcast is there's mm-hmm. nobody got hurt yeah uh money got stolen from an institution which uh you know does not need it it's cool yeah uh yeah, yeah. and can easily recover yeah. it through insurance or whatever yep uh and got away clean yeah, it turns out most of the crimes that I'm like a big fan of is like property crimes. Yeah. But there's not like a big enough yeah. ones for you to like really cover. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's a very limited and niche. Kind of like, here, here's how to get away with deflating uh, your annoying neighbor's tires <laughs> yeah, without or, getting caught. No, like, even <laughs> that's technically an and assault, And the answer, by right? the way, is putting a little steel BB under the cap, if anybody's curious. <laughs> I mean, Terrible. at, at a certain point, you're just away. kind of reciting the anarchist cookbook, you know? Yeah, exactly, which is, you know... That's you know, and there nerd are ton- stuff. I don't know how to read. <laughs> there are tons of, uh, you know, there's little pieces of advice for causing, uh, you know, small pieces of anarchy around. But but getting away with something grand like a huge bank robbery, you know, not like yeah. a ticky-tacky smash-and-grab bank robbery, mm-hmm. robbery yeah. but one that, uh, you know, is seared into the memory of the bank owners. Yeah. Those, those there aren't many of. So no. that's the other thing too. Not I, many people actually get away with yeah. that. I flip flop on this all the time where like I'm pro financial crime, but depends but like, which direction, sometimes right? It's it's it's, it's flip floppy because like on one hand it's it's so awesome to see the rich get scammed because that's usually the people who get scammed the hardest is the rich. But then there's like a there's a larger, smaller like a larger in the sense of there's more of them, but like there's a lot of like middle class and, and lower middle class people that get absolutely destroyed and caught up in these. And the rich eventually don't pay or learn their lesson. They just fall for another scam and then get bailed out. So that sucks. But if I was the guy, if I was the guy who pulled the scam, you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? Like I would feel not as bad. I would try and figure out a way to pay the people who I needed to pay, but the rich guys, I've, you know what I'm saying? Like, All right, so the the name of the podcast is The Perfect Crime, and every episode is the hosts uh, trying, like coming up with a target or an ideal, you know, a uh, I want to steal a Formula One car. Uh, yeah. I, you know, right. something along those lines. <laughs> of those, course, first yeah, and yeah. foremost, this is not crime advice. no 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you the the whole concept is or the, the way that the the humorous conversations the humorous and purely satirical conversations are structured that make up the chunk of the podcast the friends having fun part is just people banting back and forth about how you mm. might go yeah. about that what obstacles you might encounter what hypothetical you know uh, mm. uh roadblocks you might happen what what like uh curveballs you might encounter that kind of thing and you, you just kind of like when, when i started out my tiktok I tried to make a character called the Financiador, <laughs> which was a financial luchador. I don't know how to explain the it's bit a, beyond it's, that. It, yeah, no, it's it's a luchador that t- that tells you how to do financial crimes. <laughs> yeah, how to commit financial crimes. But the problem is, is that I have a very limited window in how to do financial crimes. And when you Google how to commit financial crimes, you don't get a lot of straight answers. So it's kind of, you know. Yeah. It's a blind spot. It kind of ended up being like these sort of chopped and screwed. I don't want to say Wikipedia articles, <laughs> but like, you know, saying that you've heard of this guy's Charles, this guy named Charles Ponzi. <laughs> he um, had a cool he had this scheme. really good idea <laughs> for how to get money. And I don't think, you know, anybody's really put this into practice. But, you know, if you get two of your friends to give you $50 <laughs> and then you say, all right, now you each get two of your friends to give you $50 and give me like half of that, you know, you'll have already made your money back. And then they just have to like, you know, and you get know, two more yeah. friends. Yeah. that's. <laughs> I, I don't think people have really managed to pull this off. So like if you manage, you know, this, I think this kind of like scheme that's like <laughs> triangle shaped, you know, um, post about it in the comments below. You know, like subscribe. (laughs) Essentially, it was that. When you first said the financiador, uh, what I really imagined was some kind of like a daytime uh, Mexican CNBC starring a 
Mexican Jim Cramer, but he's wearing one of the masks. And he's <laughs> yeah, just, that's he's like, that literally rules. that's kind of what it was. Yeah, yeah. but it Basically, yeah, you're you're kind of nailing. Just didn't it. have the prop set up. For yeah, it. I had the mask. I was wearing the mask, and I was like, "What's up, everyone? It is the financial door. I wanted to let you know about this new scheme for my bro Ponzi. Super, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I that's was the bit. Because I'm kind of like, yeah, imagining like the Jim Cramer type thing where he's got like the big soundboard and he's hammering things. And then maybe once (laughs) he's decided, you know, that like a stock has like, you know, uh, is, is now like soured is, is his loser of the week. He like takes the standee of like the CEO and like does, (laughs) you know, like an, uh, yeah. (laughs) His like trading ring. (laughs) On a pinata. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that would rock. Yeah, absolutely. See, this is why we need, this is why you make the big bucks, man. We need some kind of, we need, we need the ideas. You know what I'm saying? You take, take what you yeah. get and then you you just put a little spin on it and, and set it back. You know, that's that's the all producing is, is, is yeah. putting the yeah. buff, putting the plus one on, on anything else. Uh, so before, um, up a little. before we started recording, I was trying to, I, I was trying to homie pill you essentially, uh, talking <laughs> about the homie project. Um, so yeah, the, the, lot, the, the homie instrumentality Let's project. Get back to that. Yeah, literally yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the idea is right. Like in America, white is a like whiteness is an is this thing that exists as an identity. That's a list of descriptions, but it's not an actual skin tone or color. It's like a identity that you can wear. Right. And like I live in the Bay Area, which is like wildly racialized along these very weird lines, especially like involving money and mobility. And like it's weird. Like I mean, I'm Mexican, but Indian dudes are considered white and they're darker than I am skin tone out here, which is bizarre. Like it's a very strange place to exist in like a I don't know. It it makes your understanding of like race very different than you know, say if I were to live in the South or anywhere else. And I had this realization that lots of like, and it happens to a lot of like Chicano Mexican people like myself who end up getting money or like kind of distancing themselves from the culture that birthed them. They end up claiming white. They're like, Oh, I'm white. I I'm choosing to be white. Like I, you know, I'm going to identify with all these, you know, it it's just not it's just not something that i thought was interesting or like something that i didn't feel a call for i wanted to maintain that kind of like i don't know uh everything that i did as a mexican man felt like what i was doing was mexican like i put a mexican spin on i don't know how to explain it in that but i realized if people can choose to be white can people choose to be mexican <laughs> and then the it, it it dawned on me yes yes they can and so I decided that uh, I was going to give people who were left out of like, who don't want to identify with this like American monoculture of whiteness that's essentially like, you know, conservative and Republican or even sometimes like like neoliberal in a very weird way. I mean, we, we can both agree really that f- whiteness in general in the pop culture right now, it, the, the brand is bad. You don't yeah, you don't want yeah, anything exactly. labeled to be like oh that's a, a white people thing that's a, essentially derogatory yeah, yeah. even as white yeah. people as I, were lord over the entirety of you know culture society. Finance. I love saying oh, white yeah, people yeah. lore 
white people you know, war. Yes, my, like when yeah, when people talk to me about like John Mellencamp, I'm like, oh, this is white people lore. Yeah, right. Like, I, cool. You know how do you right? know if you know that the members of Genesis were running the table on the pop charts in like 1986? Yep, white people lore. You know deep white people lore. And, like, and there's levels to it, right? Yeah. Like, you need, sometimes you need like a PhD in it to understand to impreg. But like, so I'm aware of culture in that way, and. Like what's interesting to me about like at least the Chicano Mexican culture and it's always been interesting to me about it is that like Goku is Mexican. Goku is literally oh, yeah. I have, a Japanese. I have something on this. Okay. So I was in, <laughs> I was in Europe. This is an aside, but, but, uh, I, I was in Europe, uh, for my honeymoon over the summer, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, is, nice. uh, I would also Congrats. say is like white people tendencies, uh, you know, go, going back to my birthright generic Northern Europe. Hey, they have walkable cities. That's a good enough reason for anybody. Spain, uh, Spain, Italy, uh, and also uh, France, Amsterdam, Berlin. Great, great trip. Very, very lucky to have been able to take nice. it when I did. But one of my biggest cultural observations is that Southern Europe, swarthier, more uh, you know, cl- close to the uh, warm Mediterranean seas. You know, that's Goku country. Lots of Goku shirts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lots of yep. like that's Dragon Ball territory. Yeah, dude. You go up a little north, it, it gets a little cold, colder. It's uh, more, the more like Protestant, you know, Southern Europe Catholic, Northern Europe Protestant, uh, uh, more of the, you know, diamond mind of capitalist grind set. That's Rick and Morty country. That's where all the t-shirts Absolutely. are Rick and Morty uh, related. <laughs> yep. Ooh. Yeah. So and, and no, I, I, get I, it. I was just right. taking that and like extrapolating out and seems like, you know, as you've been saying, I think, I think that Goku has been adopted by, by much of the, uh, Lots of so yeah. like lots of that's so, not even yeah, the first thing that Mexico like not like well like adopted and said if you think about like the history of Mexico right it's an incredibly racialized history yeah. uh, the Spaniards came over colonized um, indigenous people essentially said like and these were indigenous people that were like all different types of nations and they weren't like tribes. They were nations of people that were essentially uh, colonized through, you know, germs, uh, weapons, just all kinds of awful, you know, genocide. And they were, they were like the worst parts of humanity was essentially like hoisted upon them. And these people in the like 1800s, when they finally started to understand, okay, like we can't, we can't we're not going to get our country back we can take our culture back and what they how they did that was they're like hey you know all that spanish food that you guys make that's kind of smelly and not very good we're going to make that better by introducing indigenous like you know uh i guess like their roots like you know indigenous what is i'm trying to think of the word uh agriculture right like the the produce yeah. that grow locally and they started making food spicier they started making food tastier they started getting more experimental and that willingness kind of set the tone for like really all of Latin America because Latin America is always and has always been like a hodgepodge of just like whatever is moving through, right? Like it's culturally, it's all over the place, right? Like all the music is similar, but it's not the same. There's all these distinctions between it, all of the language, even the languages, uh, like the types of Spanish that different countries speak is very similar the diet they call them dialects but they might as well just be different languages in how diverse these these like dialects are and f- going further still like the music that they produce is culturally different but similar like it has these roots and it's so much so like in mexico especially in mexico what they because they've had more 
European influence. And one of the funnier ones is that like German Lutherans brought polka to Mexico. Mexicans made banda and, whips. and then Yugoslavians in the like I think this the 50s during the uh while they were Soviets Yugoslavians took that Mexican music and started playing it in like translating into Yugoslavian and making like what they called Umex <laughs> so like do you know what I mean like that yeah. <laughs> culturally is what like you know, the homie project is all about is taking the best of something putting your own spin on it throwing it up for the homies and the homies look at it and are essentially like, I like that, but I can make it better. And that approach, I think like finding common ground, finding commonality between like, you know, what essentially is this like American monoculture and saying that sucks, but there's some stuff that works. Let's, let's make it work better is the homie project. <laughs> and one of the, one of the like joke joke rules about it is that like if you hear my voice you become Mexican so congrats. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm I'm very happy to be in, inducted into the project. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much like Islam, all you need is a is a few words. Um, in this case, from somebody else, uh, and you're in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, also, I feel like there could be a you know version of this where you. Uh, you know, even though the the goal would be to to make it spread far and wide, where it is a bit of like a you know a secret society thing, where you reverse the elitism, you know, and yeah. and especially in a uh, pop culture uh, predominated currently by you know uh, the the effects of as I said earlier that it is uh, <laughs> currently it is a pretty pretty square to be white at least in presentation obviously the top people uh, at pop culture are all remain uh white people but they don't want to be called white you know they don't want to yeah, be like oh course. that's they, for white they, they white need people. to have some kind of like spice and flavor to them they don't want to just be fucking you know uh cabbage juice on toast or whatever the fucking yeah. english you're eating these days you know i like somebody like taylor swift i'm sure would I'm sure love to know that there was a, a distinct subculture around her music a la Morrissey in Mexico, you know, where there's like the, a huge, maybe not the best example because, uh, you know, we, we don't know how we feel about Morrissey right now. Uh, so uh, he's a no, listen, se separate, listen. The, the, separate the music he's from good the musician guy. He's good because he sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? That's my he, that's, literal yes. opinion. Yes, exactly. Like his, yeah, his, music his music is good, is good because, because he's a he's little like bitch. The most, yeah, the most whiny little bitch yeah. of all time. Yeah, and so exactly. That he presents That's... that. Did you see that th that thing recently about how he canceled a concert midway through because like he was feeling too too cold or something? <laughs> like the temperature in the room. Yeah, no, right. that's ex that's what I'm saying. Is it like <laughs> that's listen? The reason why Mexicans fuck so hard with Morrissey is because we're not allowed. Like they're in the machismo that's like been built in us. And like for it's it's like Spanish, it was pushed on our people. It was like, you know, you have to be manly. That's the only way you're going to survive. And what happens is you internalize all that shit and then you can't feel you can't feel you can't. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to do shit unless you're absolutely shit. Dude, house. Actually, that's or, that's that's not just like a fucking like Mexican colonization. No, I, thing. no that's absolutely like, not. Because um, this is actually a lot of um, I learned recently because I'm, you know, male to female trans, but I learned recently from uh, some of my, you know, trans mask and, and non-binary homies that um, like vocal feminization is like a far and wide different like process than vocal uh, masculinization mm -hmm. um, because like 
basically what you're doing in order to fit in with the average man um, in the United States. And this sounds like it's kind of a universal thing, really, for the Western world in the Americas, I would say, like, if I had to guess, um, is like, and this includes Latin America, obviously, I'm talking about, like, the West in general, um, you remove a ton of affect from your voice. You sound basically dead inside. Mm -hmm. And you sound like you are like suffering and have no emotion about it. Like Absolutely. it's it's crazy. The, That's and, why and, like in, in, in vocal feminization, like you learn how to like up inflect, you learn how to like, you know, move your face more, you learn how to like there's a whole like array of, of things that go along with that that like make you seem more peppy or cheerier or more vib vibrant. You know what I mean? And the object of vocal masculinization is literally to like to like monochrome you basically. Listen, this, <laughs> so that way you fit credence. in with like your average male. And I think the reason for that is literally just because like societally patriarchy. you are expected yeah, to just just shut up and endure it, basically. Yeah, Whatever it is. But listen, like if you have any vibrancy credence. in your voice, I think you're just automatically assumed to be gay. This lends credence to my thought that the base common like like Western male experience is Mexican, right? Yeah. Like the default, yeah. right? People just they start choosing to be white, but the reality yeah, no, is white, white born people one hundred percent colonize themselves too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I honestly think you see in a lot of like current. I mean, that just like popped to me is like a lot of the current conservative mindset is a lot of people. Getting seemingly giving getting themselves driven insane by their own self colonization, you know. Obviously, there's a lot yeah. of like you know, rote, well, like the whole alpha male, shit the movement, alpha male stuff, everything that's going on with uh, like all the uh, you know, the, the, the Chapo based uh, conservative uh, columnists that we report on who are like clearly suffering from some form of acute Absolutely. sexual repression. No, like fucking, uh, yeah. what's his Dreher. name? Like David Roth and all him. Yeah, yeah. yeah a broad Dreher. Yeah, exactly, yeah exactly. a huge, yeah. huge, like just his movement deeper and deeper into this like Catholic, like suffering. Yeah, well, he's literally like, building a like crystal cathedral in his own mind uh, like that yeah. cannot yeah. be cannot tolerate He's making suffering vegan. his yeah. entire personality. And and yeah. I and I Can think I be that, honest with you though? Yeah. The the gay sex that these guys have is fucking incredible. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> no, it's not. This, it sucks. No, it has think, no it has to be like I think, like, I think for no, them, I think I'm saying for them the release the release I think that that's they why get, they're so depressed is they're extremely No, no, absolutely. Bad at gay sex. I, listen, <laughs> I'm saying that the dick that they're slaying in is obviously terrible, right? But what I'm right. saying is that like the release that they feel from that shit is shit that we like as normal oh, yeah. human beings. Wait, could hasn't never fucking ah shit? Sure, I get was, it. What I'm trying to say is that I get authors, it. <laughs> yeah, which of the Chapo authors was the one that wrote that constantly writes about his like fucking homosexual adjacent like boarding school? I Experiences. I believe that that's Dreher. I mean, basically anything Is that like Dreher? really yeah. go explicitly <laughs> goes goes yeah. into hyper uh, sexual paranoia. Is almost certainly yeah. a Dreher, but there there's some do that uh, like old school boarding. Like all of the all of these guys have an edge. I mean, even like you know Peterson, Shapiro, like all of these guys have have an edge. And that's honestly the thing. That has been, you know, boiling for me, uh, especially with this current, like the 2022 version of of, of all the trans panic, is all 
the the <laughs> accusations of be, being like, oh my, oh my God, uh, you know, like the, the lives of TikTok stuff, stuff of being like, they're obsessed about this stuff. It'd be like, no, no, no. And obviously this is the game, but it's like, the thing that drives me crazy is yeah. you're obsessed. We wouldn't have to hear about all this stuff. Not that hearing about <laughs> no, it yeah, is no. bad. I, if you were fucking talking about it all the time. You are the ones who are, yeah. Exactly. It, no, like, the only the only trans shit I ever heard prior to any of this was literally just from my trans homies, basically. And it would be like people who are still like brain poison adjacent, like talking about brain poison trans people. And it was basically all within the like community at yeah. large. Like before this like new trans panic thing happened, we were basically the only people. Yeah, I mean, I live in us. New York City doing a heavily nobody cared. walk on the wild side, baby. New York City heavily uh, online brain poison pod, internet like at old like heavily in, Italy, in, yeah. in with uh, with the trans community podcast, and I yeah. almost never hear about like any kind of of trans event. Not that I wouldn't want to, but but just that it he has almost. Like yeah, zero natural. Not that I don't want to hear about it. It's just like I, it has zero like. No, I, natural I, mean, I mean it just it just doesn't come penetration. Up on its own. Yes, unless yeah, I'm it hearing like you don't some hear about a drag across the country screaming about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what's got all these. That's what's got all those fucking uh, patriot whatever guys out west all worked up all the time. Basically, is because they keep hearing about it on the fucking news and the internet. Like. Everybody yeah. lives on the fucking internet, and if you have, like, 10 million guys screaming about the thing in your ear all the time, as opposed to, like, the one dude that you might hear, like, once every couple of months, like your friend Joe saying, hey, you hear about that drag show they had a month ago, you know? And they're like, no, I didn't, you know? Uh, well, I Especially don't really get hear, it or about it. You hear about know? it through, like, just, like, hey, that bar over there, they had a pretty fun show. It was wild, you know? Yeah, as opposed exactly, to it through, exactly. Like, it's like, it's not immediately focused on, like, the identity. It's focused on people's experiences that, like, they had there, um, you know? But no, nobody's the, normal like, the, about this shit anymore. They colonize themselves thing because it is it is part of the internal thing of, like, you have a self-image that is created uh, by assumptions that are put into you about what it is to be a, the object version of yourself. Yeah, uh, you create in, in like this identity box in, in and then culture, try to yeah. fit yourself in it. And then if something penetrates well, it okay. from the other so, side, <laughs> penetrates uh, <laughs> it from the outside, yeah. you go insane. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the so this is... This ties into what I I mean, I bring this up like once every like five pots, but there's an arms race going on. It's a types of guy arm race and it's being fueled by capitalism, Basically, essentially. Yeah. Right. Like the the long and short of it is that it's capitalism because there's a dollar. Well, yeah, you to have be to made. increasingly diversify the amount of people that can commodify themselves. Yeah. They like there's you can't a there's have, a there's a dollar. You can't to have be made. 15 million Jim Kramers. That's why yeah. there's only one Jim Kramer. <laughs> you need a Mexican Jim Kramer. Exactly. Yeah, I'm now, there. See, that's, that's I'm what saying the spin is, is you're right the Mexican media, Jim pick Kramer. Me you're up. the trans <laughs> Jim Kramer. You're the you're the conservative Jim Kramer. Yeah. You're the Catholic Jim Kramer. Yeah. You're the Calvinist Jim Kramer who is all my actually not Jim giving Kramer. any advice. You're just <laughs> yeah, saying, saying all of this shit was bound to happen. God will make it so. <laughs> yeah. No, but God has made ultimately, it so. There exactly, is, exactly. There is there's money to be made in portraying yourself as a type of way. Right. And yeah. then once that once that like clout and money is achieved, then you have to protect the brand. And how you protect the brand is you lose your fucking mind. Right. And then that's that's essentially why all of this is the way that it is. It's not I keep trying to explain to people like I was in marketing. I was a marketing demon for about three years and like I've stopped. I literally at the best the best the best moment of my life was getting was finding out on Twitter that I was fired. 
best thing that ever happened <laughs> to me, right? Uh, because it freed me. I'm no longer a marketing demon. I don't think about stuff in marketing terms, but being so deep in the like belly of the beast in tech, in the tech world, essentially marketing to the poorest people on earth, you have to keep clicking these boxes and you'll get rich someday. That, that kind of shit makes you start seeing like patterns in how like people react to things. And what I've really come to understand about like seeing that's why I don't get really bothered by like the Alex Joneses and, and even the fucking like in the news right now, like Nick Fuentes and all this shit. I definitely yeah, think back, that these, baby. I think that these fools are completely radicalized. I think they're idiots and they're stupid. But I also think they're playing the game. Do you know what I'm saying? Like and Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's it's ugly, but that's that's the game, you know. I mean God, I now I now I'm uh you know I'm kind of trying to balance of like things things I might regret saying versus <laughs> no, like, I, I, no, if I can me. say them on this totally podcast. Totally fine, man. Uh, but you know it's like maybe I can ask you to edit, edit this out later. But but it's like at a certain extent there is a way in which like well there you know there's a political angle and then there's a, like a media angle and on the media angle somebody like Fuentes is basically playing the same game as like somebody like Z-Way, you know? Yeah. Where it's like yeah. it's. You, you you find a niche that is supported around the type of person that you find yourself being in this culture of categories. And then from there, you can play a few types of games to get that further, you know? Mm. And like every well, the media one of us is yeah, the every, politics. Yeah, eventually yeah, they're, they're, it becomes the politics the game. Thing. Yeah. And every single one of us finds ourselves in the uh, same position, especially if you are in a public facing box you know yeah. there are only you know certain avenues in which any of the three of us for our different categories could find ourselves pursuing to figure out like how you know how we might become like media facing you know does, yeah. that, does yeah. that make sense yes yeah so unfortunately kanye west had a great quote before he was a nazi but he had a great quote, and essentially what he said was it it's better to take a long time to grow an audience than it is to bust out with a single and everybody knows your name overnight because I you'll agree. burn out, right? Yeah. And so like, and it's also the, that me, puts so many like so many requirements. It puts you in a really small yes, box exactly, too. Exactly. Yeah. And so like with me, I know I'm I'm savvy enough. That's to why know, this podcast is going to be successful because we so. have very very slowly <laughs> been gaining. I think one listener a month. Hey, yeah. If you so, if you've got the uh, we're going to make it. If you've got the endurance <laughs> to do it, you know the long game is always going to be the most successful. Yeah. Ultimately, though, at the end of the day, like that's one of those things where I struggle with it a lot because my personal feelings on like you know commodifying I, my own identity right my my own many identities the kind of the many things that i agree with and identify with commodifying them boxing them in and trying to sell them doesn't feel very good to me so a lot of the stuff that a lot of the work that i like do is free right like for the longest time this podcast was i mean it still is essentially this you pay a dollar if you want to like i don't want it like ivy's the one who wants money because it ultimately i, she's I would paid. like yeah. the money by she's the way patreon.com forward slash the homie collective 
please give more than a dollar a month. Yeah. I but, am starting a new job tomorrow, um, but I am still I'm still running on negative one yeah. month of savings. So because uh, of COVID, so yeah. please give me money. But ultimately, right I. I don't want any money. I don't want any. Awesome. I, I do. I don't want any Shut money. I don't want up. any cash. Only <laughs> listen. I'm saying for me personally because I don't. Wanna I get that. I don't but every commodify. time you say that, I have to clarify. No, I know. It I'm in the I, same room. I know. I get that. <laughs> but because what I'm trying to do long term, I think the like the longest long term, and I feel like media presences, most media presences, most people who got the sauce, most people who have it, what ends up making them lose it is that the people that follow them start to recognize the game. They start to recognize I'm paying this guy to be this way. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And like that, yeah. that is where audiences turn on you. And I ultimately, I do want parasocial relationships. I want people, I want people to hear me and be like, Oh, my homie's talking. This is my friend. Right. Because I am, I want to be friendly with people. I want, I want a grand giant audience and ultimately what I want with that grand giant audience is to assure them, Hey, things are going to be okay. It's bad, but it ain't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, that's the long-term goal. And I think that like, I don't know, lot, not enough people have like having fun. Yeah. Not enough people have that mindset. (laughs) I mean, look, (laughs) that's the thing about creating a thing is that like, if you're enjoying the process of creating and if you're enjoying what we're doing right now, uh, then that, yeah. you know, it, it, it feels very, you know, elitist from, from my position to be like, oh, that should be reward enough, but that should be the reward enough to make you keep going to the next thing. Uh, whether exactly. whether it's the next episode of the show or you stepping back and being like, what other different kind of thing? Like if it, once you're no longer having fun, you should stop doing episodes, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Or change them into a format where fun. you yes, are exactly. having fun again. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and I've I've known a lot of friends that do that. Like, it's it's why musicians will like change up their style. It's why artists will take up a different medium. It's why hell, fucking like I I do a lot of like um, like electronic music music stuff. It's why I keep changing like that kind of style like frequently. I still keep coming back to you know um, you know gay sex house music, but <laughs> sounds great. You know. <laughs> It just it just feels right, you know what I mean. But uh, I still experiment with shit, you know. I have you know uh, like a, a collection of like digital pedals for my electric guitar, and I spend you know hours at a time sometimes just sitting and listening to all of the different like feeds and the way it moves in my head, and then occasionally I'll think I can do something with that. I want to do something with that, and then I do something with that. Um, I think in my sp- yeah, in my space, the thing that I've been most delighted by over the last like four or five months has been uh, watching the uh, the the watching Come Town die and be rebirthed as the Adam Friedland show. I think that those guys <laughs> yes. have been doing a lot of yeah. really amazing, I think they came to the same conclusion. stuff. Uh, finding a new yeah. way to be excited and have fun with what they were doing. And that's like the most yeah, like I was version of yeah. of how that transition could happen. Yeah, it took a second to kick in. I think especially for like Nick, but like you can hear it in his voice now. It sounds like he's having fun doing the podcast. It sounds yeah. like like mid like early mid Cometown did. Yeah, tell Nick if he needs a Mexican stav, I'll work for free. <laughs> 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 if you got his number, man, let him know. There's a Mexican stop in California, man. He'll do whatever you need, man. 
yeah, I well that well I mean they're they're on their own journey now, and that's the fun yeah. thing about watching what they've been doing is being like, yeah. oh, this is a new journey to watch the show beyond, and that's what's you know very exciting about things like that when you figure out a new way well, to do the same thing in a new way that you love. Especially yeah, that's what I think that's interesting as, as, as our shows. It's like walking away from a puzzle and coming back to it. That's what's interesting about the internet and internet media and people on the internet, like, you know, internet celebrities essentially, is that back in the day, uh people when they became when they achieved celebrity, they stayed celebrity. Like and the sad part was at the end of their lives when you realize that they were humans and they aged and they didn't look as good and and it used to be people had negative reactions to that. They would be like, oh, this old actress looks terrible or this old actor looks terrible. They're all they got a big gut. And and that was because you didn't see their evolution from A to B. You weren't there all the time. Whereas with like currently yeah. with the problems that like being a celebrity online is now, which is that you're just fucking bombarded constantly by like content brain. I got to make content. I got to be content. I got to do stuff. Essentially, what you're doing is you are having to push yourself to continuously grow so that your audience will grow with you, right? And, like, that's that's the good shit. The problem, I think, is that a lot of people either, A, don't know that, or, B, get worse, right? Like, they they're, they <laughs> they realize, I can make a lot, a lot of, people, of money. A lot of people will stumble onto the sauce and not understand how they got there and then think that they know how they got the sauce and it completely fuck it yeah. up. That's why me, I, I just say that I'm sauceless. I got nothing. I don't know what I'm, I'm doing. I'm sauced up, but that's not what I'm trying <laughs> to do. You are sauced up. <laughs> <laughs> I am liking the new hair color, though. Is that like a blue now? or? No, it's just it's the lighting. It's because oh, it just lighting. fades every time I wash my hair. Damn. Are you, wait, are you telling me that your hair is not blue because it looks very blue from where I am? Yeah, super blue. It's green. All right. My hair is green. It's just the out. lighting. Are you are you getting uh, yeah. are you getting in the uh, like the mood for the uh, for the new avatar? You know, you got Joker green fight. And blue. <laughs> no, no, everyone everyone's asking me like literally. So, um, dude, I'm so excited. Because, for so avatar. I got a, I, I started a new job recently and it's not in tech. So like in tech, this hair is normal and cool and yeah. fine, actually. And, you know, but now I'm like, I'm a I'm a teamster. Right. And like everyone I work with is like kind of conservative like socially and right and they were asking me one of the guys finally like finally asked me he's like dude what is with the hair like why is half your head dyed like what's going on and i was like you ever seen the fifth element and he was like yeah and i was like even the background characters were sauced the fuck out dog live in that world. right like right i was like i'm trying to live in that world bro like you don't understand man you're you're content to look like a fucking npc background character in not like me, madden man. 94 yeah i i'm i want to be the guy lifting boxes in you know i want to be trucking beer to shelves as a you know a fifth element background character yeah i don't know in what the fuck you're trying to do or man. Whatever. uh how did how did he respond to that he did not understand what I was saying, and he left immediately. It's <laughs> like this is, what, you this is what people look like now. It's fine. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had, no, no, I, I just have you, sir. Have you ever in your life? Have you now, or have you ever had a mo? Uh, not a mohawk. A um, a mullet. Mullets are back. Yeah, mullets are Listen, back. In a hey, big they're back. Way they're back lesbians. now. But they look know, good. At uh, at a certain point, that might have been an out there do for a young uh, young teamster <laughs> somewhere. You know. 
Yeah, man. I, I don't know. The Teamsters Union is weird out here, like in the West Coast. I feel like I'd be more at home on the East Coast where it's all Italian guys. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, yo, pal. You know what I mean? Like, because that's my people. Like, I'm Mexican, but like, they, Italian people understand me because I'm at my, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to get rich by scamming the boss. That's, yeah. that's what I want to do. Oh, right? yeah. If I got to break some guy's leg to do it, you know. So I'm sorry, pal. I'll send roses to your funeral or whatever. <laughs> but, like, uh, but like, you know, I, I've got like I've got like a mafia esque upbringing. But uh, like out here, it's all like conservative Mexican guys. And like they don't get me at all. They don't understand. Um, they're like, why did you take this job? I'm like, oh, it's a union job. And they're like, so and I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? You're in the union. What do you mean? So right? <laughs> like, have you ever worked a non union job before? <laughs> Yeah, like, it's really know, hard to like, get kicked out of this one. <laughs> That's why yeah. I'm here. My last job, literally my last job, I was on Twitter and I found out that I got fired through Twitter. Like that, they were like, "Oh, we had a layoff," and I was like, "Oh, crazy!" And then my laptop just froze, and I was like, "God, looks like I was one of those guys." <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, how how's the uh, how's being a uh, a teamster a union man treating you? Um, it's brutal, heavy lifting work and I love it. There's a, I'm, listen, I've got a problem as a, someone who's on the left and it's always been, this has always been a problem to me. I'm a little slut for work, man. I love, I'm a little sub. I love working 16 hour days. I love, like it's, I'm sick. It's sick in the head. The, I read, um, what is it? Weber, uh, capitalism and the Protestant ethic. I got that Protestant ethic. I don't know where it fucking came from. I was raised Catholic, but here it is. And I, I enjoy working my ass off for very little money. And it, it feels good to go home versus like my old job, which was I answered DMs for the most deranged white women on earth. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I know it's like uh, categorically different, obviously. But, you know, when I had real jobs before this, it, like actually doing the things I needed to do uh, for work, even though they were also like, you know, digital video editing and podcast editing and uh, you know email type stuff it was torture uh but Dude, now I'm trying to find podcast editing but jobs now fucking hard that i hard to get into yeah well try try running into your heroes at a bar and saying hey do you need any help and they're like uh yes we do <laughs> jesus christ was it really at a bar <laughs> well I, w- I went to see them live um at a bar near my house um sick and afterwards you know Damn, i, I saw that at the bar all due respect you are a fantastic producer straight up 100% luck you landed that holy shit that was literally right place right time <laughs> well, shit it, it, i'm so happy for you there was the other element that since the show started not persistently but a few times three or four dms over the course of you know what like 18 months i had gotten in touch when they said that they were were thinking about spinning off more projects and were like if you need anybody I have skills. I can do this. I've done this before. I and then I had, then that did that with Matt a couple times, actually, when he was thinking of starting to get into like streaming, I was like, I've actually like, I've done like professional stream setups for people, like for money, like hit me up. And he was like, Hey, thanks for offering. I'm going to talk to Chris about it. And like, these are interesting things to bring up to Chris. And I was like, well, <laughs> kind of trying to reduce that poor man's workload, but <laughs> I mean, I've got him to a place. Look, I've got him to a place where he feels comfortable just setting up and doing it, which is what he needs to do to do the yes. vlogs. Uh, yes. There obviously could be yes. massive improvements mm-hmm. on it, but I don't think there's improvements sure. that he would be comfortable running himself. And I think that the vlogs, the main thing about right. the vlogs is that he has to be able to 
turn it on and do it whenever he wants without stressing about it. Exactly. It works. Like it's, he's got a good setup for that. Well enough. It's improved a lot since I've seen it. I, I would love. Yeah. It's some and more at some lights, point, like you have to like. Art. Some stuff like yeah, that. hey, so it but it like at some point insane, it's like yeah. yeah, but like it, at the end of the day it's like it's still gonna be a trade off like between like because ultimately he's the one like doing the stream so it's gonna be like is this gonna be too much that makes him want to yes. stop doing it because I don't want to fucking like hamper his yes. creativity or his ability to yes. do these things. I yeah, mean, this so. gets back to the kind of what we were talking about between like the grind of doing something professionally and you know the luxury of doing something because you care about it. And like Matt's streams right. as they exist now mm -hmm. are, even though he is a, <laughs> by sh shocking series of coincidences, he is a media professional. Like he does <laughs> those streams because he loves doing them and he needs to do them for himself. And s yeah. are they a product? Well, that it's you like could half the reason we have the podcast here is like the mental health power hour yeah, between exactly, me and Marcos. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, literally most yeah, most of the podcast is me being like, so I've only hallucinated a little bit this month. So, like, that's, that's what and I is. think yeah. Matt and I think would Matt would totally understand that of being like part of the reason that the streams are helpful for him beyond just being a piece of quote content is that like it's kind of like journaling, he helping having knowing that somebody out there is listening to them especially with his experience the last 6 years of podcasting knowing that a small audience of people is out there hearing the things that he is saying gives the things that he is saying weight yes. which gives them helps yes. give them emotional weight to him Absolutely. which helps it feel cathartic personally which is why he continues to do yes. it yes absolutely so i'm going to mad ever hears this i don't like sorry to be armchair anal analyzing you a little no, bit there but listen, i think you were no totally i mean agree. i think I that's that. i think that's fair and but fine but that is part of why you would do yeah, something no, like this yeah no i i fully get that because i feel yeah. the exact same way about like whenever i do streaming and stuff like that like i'm way more energetic and like happy about what i'm doing because i feel like i'm entertaining people when i have hell 15 people on a stream versus sure. like two of my friends who took pity on me and opened the stream up in the background and muted it you know sure yes i need Feels, it feels so much better. Matt. It gives it gives me the ability need, to like have fun with it because like ultimately I would like to do more media stuff. I kind of want people to yeah. pay attention to me. I want to do creative things to entertain people. Like I want to bring people joy in some kind of way that I feel like I know how. And those are ways that I know how, but also they kind of tend to require an active audience or at least a semi-active audience. You know what I mean? Somebody that'll that is at least, you know, passively listening and will hear something that I say and then go, oh, I know such and such about that. That Like the most fun There's I've had streaming eight. has been when somebody leaves a comment and I just like talk to them, you know, over the chat for like 30 minutes or something. Uh, there's an anecdote. Full, full support for Matt Chris. There's an anecdote in uh, um, Meet Me in the Bathroom, a book about the early 2000s rock scene in New York, uh, where one of the... Ho or one of the members of one of the bands there who is also a bartender in the scene as many of the members of the bands were describes the sense of the community of the early 2000s rock scene in New York of being the feeling of passing the same $20 bill uh, back and forth between everybody that's on, hey man uh, in the scene and same fucking thing happens a way. in food service by the way like all that yeah. tip well, money yeah, I mean, just I think keeps everybody changing. knows yeah. yeah like it's and it's that that keeps us going too I think there's maybe a way to think about that that is like if you can develop a little scene, if you can develop small groups of people that are, you know, of the same size that are looking at each other, yeah. where maybe for a while you are all passing the same 20 views, 20 mm -hmm. listens. Uh, yeah, that's what forth. I mean. And that is helpful 
and then maybe something pops. Yeah. You you have no literally because this is like yeah I feel like we blindsided you with it, but the homie community <laughs> is big, right? It's 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 not that it's big, it's not massive. We don't have like ten thousand. We're like I want to say like eighty or ninety people, but they fuck with us. They fuck with us hard. Right. These people are down for us. And that matters to me. Right. Like it literally matters to me. Yeah. And no, there like, would be like back the, when like I was severely depressed and not getting episodes out for two to three weeks at a time. Like Marcos would get DMs for from people <laughs> who were like legit concerned for like our health, making sure like checking up. Yeah. They're like, y'all good. We hadn't we're released like, an yeah, episode on time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, literally. well, but I, mean, I'm, I was like, I'm a little annoyed by that. But on the other hand, I'm glad you at least asked. I'm glad you care. Like, even if it is just because you want your weekly slop, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure that, is, that is annoying. But on another level, was that not a little bit like, oh, there's something outside of me that I need to do that is going to Man, me. you got to just read the homie yeah, manifesto, yeah, out, dude. Outside you're, you're, to, to do, you know, something else. I mean, yeah. my God. I, you're picking up. Like, I, yeah. I can't tell you're picking you how up, much. You're like, you're, you're getting the vibes of the homie manifesto without ever reading it, which is exactly what I wanted people to do, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's what, what I, this, I've never read this it. podcast has a, it has an ulterior motive. You, that's crazy that you haven't read it. No, but, never, <laughs> but anyways, no. It's hey, it was not forwarded. It's to literally, me. A page. I haven't read any of the right. subgenius <laughs> yeah. shit either. And and Shogs <laughs> paid thirty five <laughs> bucks for me to Shog. be in the church. So yeah, Shogs <laughs> gonna be so mad that's, when he hears this. That's a vibe thing too. <laughs> but also, essentially, all I've been trying to get at, and this is all I've ever tried to get at, is what you're talking about, which is that like this podcast started out as like me wanting to, essentially being like. Chapo, I could do what those guys are doing, right? But but eventually when I realized that I couldn't do what they were doing, I didn't have the capability or the audience, it changed for me to be like, this is something personal for me. And then it took on something different when I realized that there were people who were listening. Yeah. And I realized something where I was kind of like, this isn't about me anymore. This is about everyone else. And then... Then I wrote the homie manifesto, which is like, it's only a page, but ultimately what I'm talking about in it is that like the best way to serve yourself, right? And your own self-interest is to recognize the self-interest of others, is to recognize other people as being, you know, like imperative, help them, help them however you can, don't expect anything in return because that, that makes its way back to you. Right. And that that sense of belonging and community. Yeah. That sense of belonging and community that you have, that sense of responsibility for the other, this like big other that is also you part of you, because essentially they're just you, your homies, the big homie is you on the inside, all this kind of stuff. Once you realize that you start having response, you start feeling a responsibility to them and to yourself. Like, oh, I have to be better. I have to do better. I have to bring my best self to these things and the pressure is a lot but it's rewarding because you rise to the occasion every time you know i i think that that is great and beautiful uh but if i could give you one piece of content advice uh mm-hmm. before i log off because my wife is calling me one second i'm going to take this call on air okay. you know i okay. think this is going to be funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey i'm so on with this pod uh It's okay. Uh, if you're going to get some halal, yeah, get get another thing for me. Whatever deal of choice. Halal right, on the pod. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, halal. I knew it. Islam, you're Islamic confirmed. Yes, he eats halal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I was Chapo's say, Islamic. I, think, I knew it. I think that that what you're <laughs> saying is is beautiful, and it, is, it feels a lot like how I feel about having an audience in general too, which is which is that there is a a connection and responsibility, and and that having an audience motivates me to. In, honestly, sometimes insane, insane lengths, but also because I feel bound to those people as well. But then I would also say, before I need to log off because Molly's right around the corner, you have to let yourselves guide the show. You can't let those fans guide you around. Absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely. No, to, I, I don't. Uh, I don't take shit from any of those little piggies. I'm not bound. Yeah, exactly. I'm not bound to them. To, and the thing is, is like, it's you know, especially if people really, really like you, and and you know, feel that. You know, they they want the best for you and are are asking things from you. Yeah, it, it you know becomes you know very very tempting to to be like oh let's you know we we're, we're getting these people we need to be responsive responsive to them but it, the the thing that draws people to you is you being you and you have to exactly and you have to maintain that so uh, as exactly. always uh, uh, we love we love the fans and they are our guiding lights our north star but also fuck the fans uh, exactly you can't tell me what to do <laughs> exactly <laughs> I get well, it no it's a balance man it's a balancing act. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, thank you very much, Mr. Chris Wade, um, my favorite producer, um, the guy who kind of inspired me to get into it. <laughs> that you know. feels so good to hear. I, I, anytime you want, I'm, I can talk. Absolutely. I talk shop. Answer, answer tech. You know, do uh, any any kind of talk, whether on the pod or. Thank you off so much. It. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm gonna hit you up for that eventually, especially Absolutely. for because I'm looking to improve my my workflow in general and try to make myself a little bit more uh appealing on a resume <laughs> for that kind of thing I, I can definitely nobody talk that. And is then responding I'm, to me on upwork <laughs> i i don't know if i can help with that but i can talk about resumes and shit and i would also love to hear your pedal setup uh you know what what, what kind oh yeah of, no uh, it's it's what kind of a stack yeah you got no i've there? i've got i've got a, a stinky thing that my friend made for me off of a 200 dollars like nice. schematic sounds great also picks up am radio when it's cranked up to good <laughs> excellent fuzz pedal um, nice. awesome. All my digital stuff and boards, though, absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyways, Chris Wade, Chapo Trap House, thank you very much for coming on. I think his at is literally just, uh, yep. Say what again? I, you're I'm way more famous than we are. I, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will. I will still plug uh, Hell on Earth, a podcast about um, the Thirty Years' War, the General Crisis of the 17th Century, and feudalism's violent death and the birth of capitalism. Yes. Uh, January 11th. Yeah, sub to it. Awesome. Patreon.com slash uh, Chapo Trap House. Awesome. Um, yep. Our Patreon, of course, is patreon.com forward slash the homie collective. The minimum tier is $1. The maximum is $10. Please give me $10. Um, if you have $10, <laughs> please give it to me, please. Uh, $1 is Money fine, me. Money, yeah, money me now. Money me now. Money me <laughs> a lot. Um, you can <laughs> now, follow me yeah. on Twitter, obviously, at Professor Getter. Um, Marcos is at Ainter Show. And I think I, it's probably about it. I subscribed during this podcast. Did you? Yeah. Hey, exactly. There we <laughs> hey, go. Um, so yes. if you want the video for this podcast, um, I'm editing this one because it is literally one of one of my idols. Um, and I wanted to make sure I had the the 100% touch on this. So um, I will do some poking around when I have free time this week to figure out why the RSS feed isn't fucking working. Um, for you guys, but uh, we're also going to get those um, like past and present episodes up there so you can just have one unified feed. Is the Patreon RSS the one that's not working? Uh, uh, yes, I believe yeah. so. Um, hit and me, I, hit me I up just and haven't I'll, gone I'll try to look into it for you. I, awesome. Thank you very much. I just haven't had the time to poke around with it or anything. But, anyways, this 
that could be entirely me problem because it, I'm. It's okay. Very we'll bad work it out. It, I guarantee it won't take <laughs> you more this than thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much, Chris Wade. This was extremely fun. Probably one of the the best episodes, um, and especially guests that I've ever had on a podcast. So thank you very much for coming. Again, I'm really sorry. This took like five months to get organized. Again, it turned out to be the perfect day to to do it. So, yeah, it all worked out. All right, all worked out. All things serve the beam. Thanks for listening. Um, (laughs) Fucking bye, idiots. (laughs) Wow, bye.